Hello and welcome to the Free to Be Show. Um, tonight's topic is super exciting and I'm sure many of you will want to know more about pursuing marriage and detachment. Um, this is um, something that we don't normally, we don't put all those words in the same sentence, um, but you'll understand when I introduce you to the author of uh, Before I Do. So stay with us, this will be a great show to the free to be show i am the world's best joy monitor yes i made that word up i'm here holding space for you to reveal your joy i'm also the host of two podcasts the author of eight books and the mother of six children here on the free to be show this is your time to See in your mind and your heart whether or not you are truly free. So are you free? Let's see. And we're back. So I'm excited to introduce you to my guest. Her name is Zahra Algebri. And she is a relationship coach, serial entrepreneur, and the author of Before I Do, 150 Questions Muslims Must Ask Before Marriage. And I dare say this is for anyone who's looking to get married. The defined step-by-step -step guide on how to connect with your soulmate. Zaha coaches clients through her signature framework so they can create loving, passionate, and miraculous marriages. You can get Zahra's deep, deep insights and wisdom on her YouTube channel and Instagram. And she's currently living with her beautiful family of four children with her husband. Welcome to the show. Waalaikum. Thank you for having me. Waalaikum salam. I'm so happy you're here. So before we begin, um, what is it that prompted you to free yourself from the normal way of, uh, you know, writing a, a book about marriage? Um, what is it that prompted? That's a really good question. So what prompted me was knowing how I went about my own process. And then since that time, um, supporting others who are looking to get married, wanting to get married and struggling to really connect with love and getting that kind of intimate view into what's uh, happening in individuals' lives and like even in my own life. And then the broader view of what's happening um, in general and society and the culture and, and all of these things. And, and, and realizing that there's, there's, there's trends, there's themes that can be, can just be addressed, that we can talk about it, we can coach people through it, we can um, look at them in a different way that's gonna get people like over that hurdle. And so that's really what kind of prompted me to like, okay, let me just put pen to paper and like, and, and get, you know, get, get this idea out. Yeah, I love that. You, you mentioned trends. What are some of the trends you've seen that people um, kind of fall into when seeking marriage. I'm going to put you on solo view. So, okay. <laughs> um, yes, the trends I've seen, 
is that, of course, we have seen like the rising divorce rate, right? It's, it's not only in the Muslim community, it's across the board, but um, the Muslim community is, you know, is not like uh, having that much better numbers than the general community. So we're seeing that trend. We're seeing the trend of um, people getting married later and later in life and um, many of them not by choice, right? It would be one thing if people are like, oh, I'm just delaying marriage because I want to. It's like, no, they're, they're looking and they are uh, not able to get married. Um, those are probably like the, the two biggest trends. I guess the third trend is that even like the courtship process, people coming into relationships, halal dating or not halal dating, whatever it is, um, just really struggling to connect with people with um, the other gender, with another person in general, in a healthy, meaningful way that allows someone to like build a build a rapport, build a dialogue, build a connection, build a trust that could could turn into um, a marriage or a long term relationship. And even at that initial stage, seeing things just break down. Really great points. You know, I especially like the point about halal dating and healthy connection. So let's like work on some definitions now. So let's say what, what would be the definition of healthy connection with others? Um, healthy connection. I mean, it's the title of your show, right? It's free to be. It's a connection where you feel free. You feel free to tell the person, look, I'm tired. I don't want to, you know, do that thing or go to that place or whatever. Or free to say, um, like, I, I need you. I need you to come over. I need us to do something. Like, you are just free to be yourself. You don't feel that you need to perform and that you have to be expected to be in a certain way. You can't say something that might offend. You're tiptoeing. All of those things where in... Um, you know, there's many, uh, there's many relationships, especially for Muslims in the West, where we are not free to be, right? In the workplace, maybe we're hiding our religiousness. Maybe at home, we are hiding, you know, our Americanness. Maybe, you know, uh, with our friends, we are hiding that we are actually maybe, maybe like more reserved or conservative than we are, which are pretending to be more you know, outrageous or outlandish. Like we're in so many different aspects of our lives. We wear masks, right? We just blend in, what do they call it? Um, code switching, code switching and right. all of the things that you like, okay, in this area I have to be like this, have to be like this. But where's the place where you just get, you get to be free to be yourself? Where okay. is that place? And it's supposed to be marriage, right? It's supposed to be um, marriage as, as one of the places where it's designed to be that free, safe place that like literally and figuratively, like you can just be yourself, like you could expose your, your naked self, right? In this relationship. And if you don't have any place to do that, it's exhausting to constantly be wearing different masks and have no place where you can let your guard down. Um, and so a healthy relationship allows you to have at least that one place. And it could be with your parents or with a friend or, or with what, um, you know, a colleague or something, but one of the places um, should be marriage, right? It's really hard to be in a marriage where you can't be yourself. That's why those types of marriages tend to fail or just be miserable. Um, and so that to me is kind of like the baseline of a healthy marriage. And although it's like 
kind of simple and straightforward, it's like extremely difficult because our whole lives we've been taught to like hide different parts of ourselves. When you get to this place and like, I'm just going to tell you all of me or I can just be free to be me. I don't know if you're going to like that. I don't know if, you know, I can trust that you will hold that space for me. So we continue to wear our mask and then wonder why, why it's so difficult, why it's so hard, why we're playing games because we're not free. I love it. That That's like, that's so true, right? And when we, when we spoke initially a couple of weeks ago, um, that's why I was thinking the perfect title would be pursuing marriage and detachment because like when you're free, you're detaching from all those masks. You're creating uh, a world where you can be safe and vulnerable and intimate all in one place, you know? And um, that begins in the courtship process. And it's so great that you mentioned a lot of times when it comes to our cultural filters, we're taught not to do those things. You know, there's a set of, hmm, what would we call those, like criteria that we're given, right? Mm -hmm. um, like when you meet uh, the family of the person that you are interested in, behave like this. Don't let them know that you think this. And, you know, like don't share too much of your political views. And, but why? Because you're with them for the rest of your life, you know? <laughs> so, um I, that brings me to another question. I'm curious, like when you're working with people, I'm sure this book was born not only out of your own personal experiences, but out of coaching, you must have seen a lot of cultural filters come up. I mean, do you mind using the, I know you talk about this in the book, so do you mind uh, bringing up your own personal experience, like you come from a different culture than your husband? Yeah, yeah. Um, so just clarify your question a little bit more, like the cultural differences to not let that be a barrier kind of, is that what you mean? Yeah. How, how did you, like, you give a great recounting of how you had two different cultural filters, right? Mm -hmm. You come from one background, he comes from another. And so, but for the people who haven't read your book yet, can you just use that as an example of how you don't have to use that as a barrier, right? You know, because in, in the Muslim community, it's, it's uh, I, I don't really, well, I'm gonna go ahead and just say that it's a free to be show, be free, <laughs> right? So like my ex-husband was Bangladeshi, right? And I'm black American. And like the first thing that part of his family was like, oh, she's black, you know? Like, mm -hmm. why would you wanna be with that person? And I know that like a lot of, there, there's a lot of those things in the culture, in the Muslim community. It's like, oh, don't be with, you know, Pashtu and, you know, like all this like thing. But it's really, it's not about the culture that the person comes from, because in a perfect world, we're all Muslim, right? Yeah. It's more about who that person is on the inside. So. Yeah, I mean, um, okay, so thank you for kind of setting that up. Yes, the culture and like the, I, I would even say kind of just the whole outside trappings of a person can really uh, trip people up, right? Like, you know, I hear from women, I wanna marry someone who's a doctor. I wanna marry someone from, you know, who's from this specific tribe in my country. I wanna marry someone who, um, you know, whatever, is this tall. 
on, on both sides, right? I want someone tall because I'm short. I want someone shorter because I'm not that tall, like all of these things. And when we let these kind of physical characteristics, cultural characteristics, and those things be more um, prominent than they need to be. Now, I'm not saying that you can't have preferences and you can't like what you like, like you can, like you can't help, um, can't help what you're drawn to or what you're attracted to in any of those things. But where it can trip you up is when that can take precedent or be more prominent than the actual kind of fit between the two of you. And the fit between the two of you is a spiritual fit. Spirit to spirit, you guys are going to be connecting, right? You know, your appearances are going to change. You could get sick. Something could happen. You know, the appearances, you can lose your job. That career, that field of work can just go out or whatever transition from who knows how the next 10 years of the economy, the world will go. So if you get caught up on these things that are transient, that are fleeting, um, and make that one of your kind of criteria that you feel really strongly about, it can leave you blowing in the wind because that thing is fleeting. And so what we do in the book and what we're encouraging all of my clients to do is really first get to understand your spirit, right? Where is it, right? Free to be me is free to be your true spiritual self. Like, where is it that my spirit yearns for, that I want, that, and you might not even know these things because of all the layers and all the masks you've worn, but to just allow yourself that opening to explore what is it that I, um, my true self, my spiritual self, like, it really is, like, in the, in the freest sense. Um, and, and, and get as much allow for um, whatever comes out to come out. And then looking to connect with someone to connect with their spirit. So the questions that we're asking uh, that we lay out in the book and the whole framework of how we guide people to approach having these discussions is to, again, look beyond the answer. So if someone, if you're talking about someone, for example, where you want to live, and you're like, oh, you know, I only want to live in the United States. Another person, well, I want to live a nomadic lifestyle and travel here and there. You might say, okay, we don't agree. Like, we need to park. Um, but what I would say is like, okay, you have totally different answers. It doesn't mean now you're incompatible. This can't work. It means we need to go now at a deeper level. Now, what does, you know, staying in the United States mean for you? oh, it means, you know, whatever, access to these different things or nearness to my family or, um, you know, I when I was a child, I was traveling around in all sorts of places and I want some stability. And for the other person, you know, understanding what, and you can get to a deeper level and understand, oh, this person is just craving like a, a secure home base. They're okay with traveling as long as they know a home base. And you can then learn maybe the nomadic person is like, I don't want to feel... Um, you know, tied down to anything in case there is some political or something upheaval. I want to know that I can move and get away. It's like, okay, well, maybe that means that we're renting in some place, but we have a place that's, you know, a home place, home base that we're renting in and we travel, whatever. Like you could make something of it, but you have to go deeper. You have to go beyond just that first initial answer. Likewise, you can do that even on the cultural level, right? For my example, as you were sharing um, I, my parents are um, immigrants from Kenya, um, and I grew up in, you know, California, white suburbia, and my husband um, is half Algerian, half white, and he grew up most of his life in Algeria, so we had this kind of 
um, you know, we had a lot of similarities, but uh, cultural differences. And we had to understand what is it, just like I'm saying about going deeper, what is it that we more deeply valued? And when we would go to these deeper levels, we realized that we valued and had the same attitude and mindset towards a lot of things. The expression of them came out differently for each of us, but the values were shared. And so when you align on those shared values and you feel that connection spirit to spirit of like, okay, like um, they understand, you know, my perspective when, and what's important to me. And they share that with me, even though it's expressed in a different way, you can have a greater, it just, it allows you to realize there's more ways for you to express your own values. So instead of shutting down and saying like, well, this is the only way to, you know, show that you, you are free, right, is to be nomadic, right? You're showing now that you're allowing the other person to, sh to see there's another way to be free, even when you're anchored down. And, and what does that look like? And you can, and in that way, marriage can, um, or, you know, having these intimate conversations with anyone really can help you just gain more, um, gain more of a sense of what it is that really is important to you and how expansive you can be. Because basically we kind of have, with all our masks and all of these things, we've kind of put ourselves into boxes. And instead of allowing ourselves to grow and have spaciousness, we keep constricting the box, right? Like you go to high school, then you go to college, and now I have this degree, and then I get a graduate degree, and now I'm this thing, and now I'm a professional, and now I have to have this income bracket, and now I and we keep constricting, and the whole time we're like, I thought this was supposed to allow me more freedom to, you know, have have more income so I could be more free, but instead you feel more and more and more constricted. And when you start having these conversations, you can allow yourself to kind of expand back out, and um, it's a beautiful thing. Yeah. I, I love, I love it. it. I'm showing that, uh, I, I guess I counted that there's a total of like 17 categories. Yes. Um, that the questions are under. And I love the invitation for you to go through the questions yourself. Because like you said, like we, we may not even know who we are. And I know there's always that push in the Muslim community, you know, you're X number of years old, right? I'm not going <laughs> to say any ages, but you know, like you're 18 or you're 25 or whatever, you know, and you need to get married. And um, you may genuinely feel like you don't know who you are, but, you know, having your book to read and like, I started going through the questions. I was like, oh my goodness. Like, <laughs> I thought I knew myself, you know, but each iteration of our lives, like you said, the more we evolve and expand, right? Um, the more we are not aware of who we're becoming. And just that centering on knowing who you are um, will help you to better align with someone else. And, and also, you know, I would say just from reading the book the one time and I only got through two categories, <laughs> it's a lot. You have to really be committed. You know, th this is, uh, you'll know whether or not you're actually ready um, and really committed to seeking a partner, just getting through each category. So what's the intention of the book? Do we have to like do it category by category or can we skip around and just pick the one <laughs> we want to start with? <laughs> 
Um, yeah, our recommendation our, and our intention with the book is that um, if we wanted to give you give readers everything to cover their bases, right? To feel like if I've gone through this book, like I have um, a good understanding of where I stand and where they stand. And so now we can, you know, I'm making a, a, um, a kind of a clear headed decision because the questions, the first intention of the book is to get people into that deeper level because it's very easy, especially in today's day and age where you know we're constantly distracted, there's so much going on um, and we don't have deep connections with a lot of people. We're used to our masks and our, you know, how's the weather, you know, oh my God, what's the most ridiculous thing a celebrity did, blah, 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 kind of conversations that are not really like, how are you doing? Like, how are you feeling? How are you like coping with all of this, right? We're just, oh, I'm fine, I'm fine, right? Like, you move on. So the first intention is to not let people mistake the courtship process for that kind of a thing. For me to be like, talking to someone and then, you know, how was your day? What's going on with your boss? Okay, you know, having that kind of daily check-in conversation. And then, all right, I wanted to ask you, like, what are your career aspirations? And then kind of having a shallow kind of conversation around, oh yeah, I'm gonna keep working here and then I hope to get promoted. And then, um, you know, inshallah, buy a house, whatever. Just kind of like giving each other the, the script, right? The social script that we've all been fed about what you should want and what you should do and what you should say. So the questions are designed to help you to appreciate that um, that script will not teach you anything about the other person. And then if you think that you're getting to know them and then you get married and you're like, oh my God, how come it's everything, like we thought we talked about it. And like, no, you didn't talk about it. That's why it's, you know, all nonsense and crazy. Or like, um, the relationship just falls apart. Like, I don't understand. Things tend to be going so well. We talked every day, but you weren't talking about anything meaningful. You're just checking in on how was your day? How was your day? My family said that, this. Said that. that point right there. That it, I've noticed that with my friendships as of late, that mm -hmm. we talk, we use a lot of words and we say nothing. That yeah. That is like the number one thing. So like I was just a little bit joking when I said your books a lot. I, it's just, it's like the questions that I actually think that I want to have in a conversation with just like anybody, not even just seeking a partner. It's like, wow, now I have permission to go deeper, as deep as I want, because I'm so sick and tired of talking and using words and saying nothing. Saying nothing, yes. Yes. <laughs> Like, you know, I had a whole 20 year marriage. And like, if your book had been written back then, I'd probably still be married. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> but it's, it's all the, you know, because, you know, you get married and like, what, seven years in, I guess, 10 years in, you're like, who the heck is that person? Like, that's not who I signed up to be with all my life, you know? And, um, and this just, this book is such a breath of fresh air. I, I, I'm sorry. I know that you only seek Muslim clients, but I'm going to just recommend this to all people everywhere. Like this is the book that people need if you're planning on having any kind of intimate relationship. You know, it just helps you cut through all the ICAS bullshit, you know? 
<laughs> so it's, yes. it's yeah. like the greatest thing I've ever read. I, I just have to tell you that. So oh, thank you. Yeah. I mean, so that was the number one intention, right? Was to allow people to appreciate the difference between empty talk and talk saying words that are not you're, you're not connecting, you're not going deeper, you're not learning, you're not nothing. It's just empty talk. Um, and then the second intention is um, to give people permission, like you said, to give people permission, because a lot of times we do know, we do know, you know what, I want to, sounds like this person has debt, like, what, but uh, I don't, I can't, it, you know, it's too early to ask about it. Oh, now, now I'm too far deep and I love them. And so it, it'll work out inshallah. And at every point we talk ourselves out of asking like the important question, right? And so using a book as a framework, um, which is why we recommend like, just go through the sections, just go through the sections because by doing that, you'll cover all the things and you'll get, you know, you won't have any of that resistance from you asking and from the other person asking you, right? Cause you each have to answer um, like, you know, sometimes we get that, like, well, why'd you ask me that? Why'd you ask me? Oh, it's just because it's in the book, right? Like you have an experience. Right. <laughs> I'm just reading. <laughs> like, why are you asking about intimacy? Do you have any intimacy problems? Like, oh, what? like, you know, you could immediately, like, instead of answering the question, get into a whole ego type of thing and yep. evolve. So when you use the book, you have permission, like, we're just going through this book. You know, it was no judgment. It was no, like, I'm not you know, criticizing you or evaluating you or assuming that you have this or that. It's just, these are things that are important and let's talk about them. So it gives people that permission. And then finally, um, the last point is to help people like speed up the process because that's the other trend it's to see people talking and talking and talking and talking and talking for, you know, months, a year, and now we're engaged and we're planning and then it all breaks up. We're like, and then the, so many people come to me, you know, at the end, like he said something like, oh, we, you know, we didn't share the same, you know, religious, uh, you know, level of religiosity or something. And, and she's like, but we talked about that. But we talked about that. I'm like, but did you really? Did you talk yeah. about this? Did you say that? Did you ask about this? Did you, you talked about it, but did you come to an agreement? Did you come to a mutual understanding? Did you resolve the difference? Like, no, we just talked about that I'm different and they're different talked about it and talked about it and felt like eventually if we keep going and we love each other about so many other things, that thing will work out and you never resolved it. And so then it fell apart. So it's also to help people speed up the process. Like if you're talking and you're like, whoa, that's a totally different perspective that is not something I'm on board with or that I like or that I agree with or is in my worldview. You're like, now I can break up with you, right? On a, on a, with substance. Yeah. And when you break up with substance, you don't have any of the um, the the things that torment people, right? The things that torment people are like, oh, maybe I should have tried harder, or could we have worked it out more, or um, you know, maybe they were the one and I was just being too picky. But when you break up on substance, like, no, their fundamental values around this thing is not something that I agree with, and I could not see myself living 20, 30, 50 years with something like that. So Alhamdulillah, I found that out and I can let it go without tormenting myself. Yeah. So it allows people to do that. And then on the flip side, when you meet someone and you realize, oh my God, yes, our values align here. Okay, we align here. Okay, this is a little bit sticky, but 
all right, we're working through it, we've resolved it, come to some compromise, you set yourself up with such a strong foundation so that when you do get married and you close the door to your house the first time that you're alone, it's not like, okay, are you the same as what you've been telling me this whole time? It's like, oh, let this person, you know, like I seek refuge. (laughs) (laughs) Right? You close the door, you know, like, oh no, I know you. I know you. We got this. This is great. As opposed to like, okay, we were both putting on a show and like, da da da. And now here we are. And like, okay, yeah, let's take some pictures for social media. (laughs) Don't we look so cute? You know, like, I love that. Well, you know, I want to take a really quick commercial break and then we'll come back and talk a little bit about what to do when, you know, you go through the questions and he or she is not the person. We'll be right back. Are you owning the true leader you are? Staying in the continuous flow of curiosity, presence, gratitude, and joy. Opening the door to the energetic flow of reciprocity and guess the benefits. Financial opportunities, gifts, compassion, gratitude, love, joy, a healthy body, mind, and soul, and abundance. Are you ready to create create better in 2023? Great! Beginning on July 7th, I'm starting the Joy and Presence group. This is only for serious women who desire to create and live into a better future, a world filled with everything you've ever imagined and so much more. Sign up for your Joy to Connect session and create a better 2023. And we're back. So let's talk about that a little bit more. So let's say someone has um, actually used your book to go through the process and and it's just not a match. Mm -hmm. Now there are, I'm sure in the, I mean, it's going to take a while to get through the book together, right? Mm -hmm. So there will be some level of emotional attachment and can, what, what can someone do to can to really embrace that they are breaking up with substance for a change yeah so what i would say is um okay the way that we've designed the book is um kind of the topics are in order of priority so we start with intentions which is you know the foundation of anything is to go through intentions and then as you work through the book um if you come to like first of all if you come to any red flag you know, whatever your red flag is for you, like it's you, you have to either resolve that red flag or walk away. So if there's a red flag, address it, resolve it. And if it's not resolved, you have to walk away. So that's a breaking point. And then if you are going through the questions and maybe like two, if you are, if you have two topics that like, you're just like, ah, you know, we're not, we're not vibing. Like this is not the way I see myself living. And that's the really the, the key piece here is to really honor yourself and the way that you want to live. Um, people can get caught up in the 
in in the in the fantasy in the fairy tale in the sense that they'll be like, well, you know, that would I, I could do that. That would be okay for me. It's not going to be that bad. I can. Do, and they just compromise immediately, right? They're already they've heard something. Let's say the person, you know, answering a question first, um, and you hear what they say, and it's not at all what you want. And then you immediately start to compromise. Um, if you are doing that and you're doing that for several questions or several topics in a row, that is a sign that you are not aligned. And to allow yourself to exit at that point, you don't need to go through the whole book You or go talk about all the topics. When you realize there's you know, important aspects that you are not aligned with, that's your moment to walk away before you get more emotionally invested, before you take up more of your time. And okay. to, so to clarify, uh -huh. this is not a textbook. It is not a requirement to complete the entire book. If you yes. come to a question or a section and there's too much misalignment, you must stop. Yes. And yes. end it. This yes, exactly. And this book is the permission to do that, and it's perfectly okay. Yes. Okay. And again, I, okay. So I said go to the through the topics in order. But if there's a topic that like is super important to you, you know, after I would say still do intentions first, then after that you could jump straight to that topic. Um, for example, when um, I was uh, in my courtship process, um, I had a friend who um, was going through a divorce and, and we were like, oh, you know, you guys seem picture perfect, what's going on? And it took her a while to tell us. She was like, whatever, whatever. And then she finally told us that it was intimacy issues, that they'd, they'd never consummated their marriage. And, you know, this is like eight months into their marriage. And like she had, you know, um, expressed interest. She had made advances and he kept shutting her down and telling her things like this and that, whatever. And so essentially they were living as roommates. You know, they ended up, were started sleeping in separate beds and just each living their own separate lives. Um, and it was really... Uh, an eye opener for me because I had been that little good Muslim girl um, and I had never talked about intimacy with anyone, you know, let alone a, let alone a strange man. Um, right. And, um, and when we were in our courtship process, my, you know, now husband, but then strange man was like, <laughs> I do want us to talk about intimacy. And I was like, what? Like, uh, no, we don't need to talk about that. There, what do you, there's nothing to talk about. We don't need to talk about that. And he was like, you know, eventually, like, because we were we were go going through questions. He's like, eventually, I want to, you know, I'm putting that on the list of topics. And I was like, oh my god, like, you're not going to talk about that. And then my friend is getting a divorce because of intimacy. I was like, oh my god, we have to talk about this. <laughs> These things happen at the right time. So, this yes. is this is another really good point because, you know. I want to talk about this for a minute. A lot of young women in the Muslim community are taught, you know, it's not appropriate to talk about those things or think about those things. And I don't really know what the conversation is on the men's side, but it seems that uh, a lot of male uh, or, or, or young Muslim men, they kind of grow up with a really unrealistic worldview on intimacy you know mm -hmm. so we've got like the good little muslim girl that has never talked about it with anyone right who doesn't want to talk about it. and then we've got the muslim man that it, that made it maybe has even had experiences right 
And so I, I love that, that your book gives, again, permission for these two young people to have, or old people, depends, right? Have the opportunity to just say, look, I've never talked about this before, but I know a condition of marriage is having kids. So we're probably going to have to talk about this, you know? Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. So like, for example, in that case, like if, you know, that friend of mine was using my book, she might do intentions and then go straight to intimacy. Like, let me, you know, cause she just got divorced from that. So that might be the most pressing thing on her mind being like, tell me about this. Cause if you have those issues, I'm not, you know, I'm not having a repeat right, of what I just experienced. Right. Or you may, you know, have your own health concerns and you want to go straight into the health section because you want to feel comfortable that they are going to, um, I, I, you know, for example, I have uh, one of my mom's friends that her, um, she has a genetic condition that makes her legally blind, but like up close she can kind of see, but she'd never be able to drive. You know, there's no operation, no nothing that can be done so that she could, she could drive. And because it's genetic, it's possible that it would be passed down to her children. And I remember her talking with me, she's like, that was my biggest concern. And so I had a lot of conversations around, you know, I have this condition, you will always, you know, have to drive me around. These are whatever the other ramifications of this illness are, and that it could be passed on to my children. And that was her, you know, important topic to first get clarity on, are you good with this? And when she feels good with this, okay, now we can do the rest of the topics because this one is critical for my well-being in a marriage. So if you have that, yes, jump to that section, that topic, you know, if it's finances, if it's whatever, whatever it is that, you know, is so pressing and so important to you, because again, that will help you to break up on substance, right? A lot of times some people are like, well, let me see if I like them about all these little things. And then I'll tell them about, you know, my, my main thing and see if it, um, you know, we align there. But if you do it that way, it's problematic for yourself for two reasons. One, you may align on all these other small things. So you'll begin to build this emotional collection. Oh my God, this is great. Oh my God, oh my God. And then you get to that important topic for yourself and then you're like, oh my God, we don't align. And you might begin to make excuses. Maybe you can make it work, maybe you can work it. But if this is like really critical, right, to you, it's not gonna work. It's not gonna work. But you're set, you're, you've sabotaged yourself from being able to now to be in a, an empowered position to say, this isn't gonna work for me because this is so important. The other reason that um, it is problematic to save your important issues for later is just that you're wasting time. You're just wasting <laughs> time because it's in the back of your mind the whole time. Like, okay, but you know, I really need to tell them that, you know, whatever it is that, you know, my father is in prison or something and you're just hiding it, hiding it. The whole time you're just gonna be anxious and then you're like, okay, my father's in prison. And you're like, why didn't you tell me that before? <laughs> like, right. It's important for me to know. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's really good. That I um, I I love that it's bringing out all the issues straight away. I I'm also I still wonder. So, reading the book is I, I feel like they have to have a component of someone to talk to. You know, so do you recommend them finding someone locally? Because I know like not all masajid are the same. They don't all have like something for single Muslims or like classes or someone to go to. So what what do they do if they're like almost a match and, and they still need some help? What, what should they do next? 
Um, so we, my husband and I offer coaching. So we support people um, who want to like have, you know, personal guidance through it, right? The, the book, um, the book is, is a tremendous support and you can use it to guide yourself. But if you feel like, you know, I, we want to talk to someone, you can reach out to my husband and I for coaching. And the, of course, there are, you know, your community, your family, your, your sheikhs, your um, people who have therapists. You can reach out to others for support. You know, you want to look for someone who um, is experienced in this area, can give you more than platitudes. And unfortunately, a lot of religious or, of our imams and sheikhs kind of just pray more, make more dua, and like, you know, recite this book for the law and um, might give you something like that. So you want to approach someone who's going to give you more substance, who's going to hear more about what's going on um, between the two of you for support. But I would also say that there is a big component of being able to, um, to trust yourself, to really allow yourself to trust yourself and allow yourself to walk away when it's, you know, you, you originally wanted to come back and like, how do you break up without, to trust that if you come to some, you know, topic, some issue, and you, there is no alignment there to believe, to have good faith in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that he wants you to have someone with the topic that you care so much about, that you would have alignment. And so that you can say, this is my sign that this is not the one, and I can walk away on the substance of this and feel confident that Allah will bring me something better and demonstrate that faith for your own self. Because otherwise, I mean, even if a person listening has not experienced that heartbreak, I'm sure you know a friend who has experienced that heartbreak and yeah. everyone around them is like, why are you staying? It sounds like sounds like you're not happy. It sounds like it's not working. So, and they're just staying and you can see it from the outside. So try to allow yourself to see it for your own self, right? So many times we can see for other people what we're blind to for ourselves. And what we're hoping with this book is to support you to not be blind to your own self. Like, oh my gosh, this is an important topic for me. It's not working out. I'm going to walk away. I'm going to trust that Allah has something better. And I'm not going to give into that really just the fear, the fear that no one else is going to come along, that um, I'm making a mistake, that I'm being too picky, that maybe this is my test, that I need to sacrifice the thing that's most important to me and be miserable. And no, 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 no. Allah it's not that deep. Yeah. <laughs> right? This is your to walk away. This is your to walk away. <laughs> yeah, it's like totally fine to walk away. It's not like one and done, right? And yeah. And it doesn't mean anything you don't have to make it mean anything right if you just didn't you know find the first the, the the best one the first time second time third time it's okay to vet it's it's kind of like looking for a job right you know or or looking for yeah it's like looking for a job you know you want to make sure that ev you're going to have all the features and benefits you know, that you're seeking. And so I'm also hearing like, this is really an exercise in first and foremost, self-awareness, self-compassion, um, self-forgiveness on some levels, and then self-trust in the end. And um, those are very necessary to even have a marriage. So just 
if people can think of the vetting and courtship process as preparation for who you have to be to stay married, mm -hmm. right? Once you get married, it's not a destination either. Marriage is not a destination, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. It's just like, it's the beginning. Yes. Yes, that's such a beautiful point because when you have, when you frame it in that way, um, it, sh it, it allows you to give yourself that permission to be free, right? So I'll use my personal example. Um, and I, I might've shared this in another podcast if anyone's listened to me on the Salam Girl um, podcast, but when it came to marriage for me, um, in so many ways, because I was that good Muslim girl, I was giving away myself, it, you know, a dutiful daughter, trying to be a good sister, a helpful friend, be a good student, like just doing all the obligations, all the things that I was supposed to. So when it came to marriage, I knew that like, oh my God, I don't want to be in a marriage where I'm just like trying to just be the good wife, like do all the things because I'm tired of doing that. I want my marriage to be a place where I can relax, where I can be free, where I can be free to be me, where I can get supported. And so knowing that crystal clear for myself, um, allowed me to approach the courtship process kind of just like walking in totally free like hey this is me right like and um i'm kind of i'm an introvert so like i'm introverted i like quiet nights in i you know i whatever all, all of the things all so the thing about us humans is we think that the way that we are um is somehow bad and defective right because i'm an introvert i think extroverts are better um and because you know i'm kind of you know maybe studious or nerdy i think people who are more free spirited and adventurous are better so all of these things about myself that normally i try to in social settings be more outgoing be more blah 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 because i think that the way i am is not good um when it came to courtship i was like yo this is this is me <laughs> this is me and i was just totally absolutely 100 percent myself because what i kept telling myself is i don't want the door to close after our wedding and for them to be like, wait, I thought you were more fun or I thought you loved to stay up until midnight or I thought, and it was like, I, I want them to know exactly what they're getting and um, who I am and what I like and what I dislike and what my opinions are so that nothing is a surprise that I will never hear. I thought, or you seem different, like, no, no, it was crystal clear. And that attitude that I held made our courtship so fast because I was, we were talking about all these questions. We we're getting deep into it. I'm saying exactly who I am. Um, you know, I had talked to maybe like two or three people before that. And those courtships were also, there were not even courtships. It was just like two or three conversations. I was like, we don't align, goodbye. Um, and with my husband, it took us two months and we were like, we align. We align on all these things because we just went in straight deep. And the beautiful thing about it is that if one of you goes in deep, the other will follow, right? When one person stays shallow, the other will follow. So in that sense, it's so helpful for the process 
for you to just take the lead, take ownership and be like, I'm going to go deep, even though it seems scary. It seems so scary to be open and vulnerable in that way, to let people know the truth of who we are, because the scariest things to our, to our ego, to ourself is that we'll tell people the truth of who we are and they will reject us. But the beautiful thing is when you tell people the truth of who you are, they will, they will first of all, just see you and usually they will accept you. And then even if they, um, if they're not aligned again, it gives them the opportunity to be like, Oh, well, this is not what I'm looking for. And I can now break up with you on substance instead of ghosting you or, you know, making up some random story. I mean, how many times have we heard the, the random story? Like that doesn't make any sense because someone was scared to tell the truth of the substance. So they make up some random story. Oh man, I love that. Like everything you said, that was, whew. yeah, I, you know, it, it's so true. This is the beginning of the rest of your life. When you get married, you have to be free to, to, to be, and, um, and you have to be, free, you have to allow your partner to also be free to be. And that's the only way to, to go into union with yeah. two free whole beings. Yeah, absolutely. And another thing that can help people to be able to do that, um, at least for me, for, for when I was introduced to my husband, he was somebody I did not know at all, right? He was not in my friend circle, in my network. It was like a friend of a friend connection and he was in another state. So it was just like a total complete stranger. So it also made it easy for me to be like, I can, he doesn't know. He doesn't know anything about how I am. Right. Yeah. He doesn't have these preconceived notions. So I can show up on this call, the wife that I want to be. And that's mm. also, I was like, when I get married, I want to be like this. So I'm going to come in to this like this. And so that's how I showed up. I showed up as like wanting support. I showed up as, you know, if you made a request, like, no, I, I can't help you right now. Setting more boundaries because he doesn't know that I normally don't sell boundaries. Like, no, I always set boundaries. And I always like, <laughs> be that person. And then it supported me to actually step into, become that person because he accepted it. He was like, okay. I was like, oh my God, this wasn't that hard. I could do this. I mean, I'm still working on it on all my other relationships. <laughs> I did it here with my marriage. You can do this too. Even, even if you think like, well, they do kind of know me or they've heard about me. No one knows anyone <laughs> show no one up. really knows anybody yeah <laughs> just show up and be like i don't know what you heard but this is you know this is how i am and the other part about it is uh people get afraid like well i'm gonna open up and be vulnerable to this person and then they're gonna know all these things if it doesn't work out like i first have to do all this shallow low level stuff to know if i can trust them to go deeper but it's actually again a beautiful thing i could tell you know when i was Recording, I could tell him all of these things about maybe my family or my history or my childhood or these things. And I actually didn't have any fear because like, who's he going to tell? <laughs> who's he going to tell afterwards? I talked to this girl and she, who's going to listen to this story about the courtship that failed and let me tell you all of the intimate things about her. Like it's, no one's going to do it. <laughs> no, they will again honor you for like, wow, this person trusted me with all of this stuff and I found out that we're actually not aligned on this really important thing and we walked away, you're not gonna go out and start spreading and telling your secrets. Like 
it's just, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. So if that fear is there for anyone, the being open and vulnerable is literally only a gift that you give yourself. And it also sounds like the whole process is really um, to the elevation of your soul and, and um, an exercise in personal development and a preparation for creating who you uh, choose to be as a spouse, you know? Yeah. So I have really enjoyed this conversation. And for our viewers and listeners, um, you know, share this with an, a person that you know that's seeking marriage. And if you are in a marriage, I think this information is also useful. Um, would you say that your book could be used to save a marriage? Um, that's not its intention. I know, yeah. We have <laughs> sent it to several married uh, couples to review, and you know, you're included in one of, uh, amongst them. And they have said how helpful and supportive uh, the book has been for yet yeah, for even just like having renewed conversations within their marriage. So I do think it has that capacity. Um, and we're working on a new kind of introduction and forward that might expand and allow that to be more, more clear on how, how it could support married couples. But definitely the questions within the book are questions that we have to keep revisiting because that's the other thing about it, right? Your answers are going to change over time. And that's why I said in the beginning, you wanna go to the deeper level because it's not that, oh, you wanna be nomadic and I wanna be settled down. It's what's the deeper value because then it could flip, right? In 20 years, in 10 years, like, oh, now, you know, the kids are out of the house. Now I want to be nomadic and the other person wants to settle down. Like your answers can totally change. But when you understand your values, you will not be like, why are you changing? How could you say that? You'll understand like, oh, it's because you value this. And now that this circumstances, the situation, a pandemic happened or whatever, you will understand why their answer changed because you knew their values. And so it's good to revisit those things because, again, that can be um, what does lead to stress over time in a marriage is that feeling of you've changed. You told me you were like this and you've changed. And yes, everyone, we're supposed to change. We're not all staying the same. We're not, yes, are you I hope you change. Do not <laughs> stay. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that would not be exciting. <laughs> no. So, yeah, you want to change. It's that are you changing kind of in like, the same pace and like expressing how you're changing. Um, and so going through questions can help you know, like, oh, that's what's happened. That's why you've changed, or that's why your views shifted on this, or I see, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I love it. So the way I love to end my conversations here on the Free to Be show are, if you can <laughs> share in one word, what, what would be the golden takeaway from our conversation tonight? Mm. Um, I think the one word is acceptance. And I choose that word because the whole process of courtship is to allow you to accept yourself, to accept that you are lovable just as you are, and then to believe that someone will accept you just as you are. So that acceptance uh, is really what you're what you're trying to get to, to accept yourself and to know that you will be accepted. Hmm. Yes, I love that. Well, thank you, Zaha, for being here. 
And you are my final guest for this season um, because the, my final topic is loving and detachment. So, however, this is not the final episode. I will be coming back next week with a solo episode to wrap up the season. So um, that was just a decision I came to today. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Um, but I, I love this conversation and thank you for everyone who was here live. And for those of you who watch on the replay, um, like I said, please <clears throat> take notes. I'm going to drop the link for the book again in the comments. Um, so you can get a copy and, um, yeah, until next week, be free. <laughs> thank you. Good night. Good night. Thank you for joining the conversation. Now, take the time to reflect, introspect, and implement at least one action. Be in your body, be in your soul, be in your spirit. You know, be free. Until next week.